You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. What's up, guys? Welcome into Good Morning Lambo on this Victory Monday. Packers are playoff bound. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, Packers Total Access at gmail.com. You can text us 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Tim live in Green Bay, who is awaiting a winter storm that's about to roll through, man. I know, I know you're keeping your finger on that pulse, buddy. I'm telling you, it's looking like what are they saying? Something like 10 inches and 40 mile an hour winds? Is that what y'all are hearing, Tim? Um, yeah, I'm I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> I, I never I never thought my first winter up in Green Bay I'd be we'd be well into January before we got any real snow. But uh yeah. here we are. I think uh, you're about to get it. <laughs> I, I got a snowblower juiced up, man. It's ready to go. <laughs> I already did a test, you know, like a month ago and feel stupid for not using it. So yeah. guess we'll uh guess we'll see. There you go. Carly Ray already in the chat says five sacks defense, man. They really showed up, dude. It was just, it was so much fun watching them play. And, and, you know, when you kind of took the run away from the bears, it was like, to me, I got to go back and watch the entire, you know, the entirety of the game, but it felt like four to five, the majority of the night they blitzed. Don't get me wrong, but there was many times there was only five guys rushing and it was just like, you could see, them digging deep and collapsing that pocket. Van Ness getting that sack early and kind of setting the tone for the evening was uh, was phenomenal. Just a, it was just a great win, man. The Bears are not a great team. They're on the uptick. Now the question is, are they changing quarterbacks? And if they are changing quarterbacks, they may upgrade at quarterback. But you see, like down in Carolina, the, it was unanimous across the board. Everyone thought Bryce Young was the number one quarterback in the draft. They take him. That didn't fix the problem. Right. You got to build around them. So uh, I'm eager to see if Justin Fields will be back or not. I know he sounded a lot more humble uh, last night after the game, Tim, than he did going in talking trash about the city of Green Bay. I know that. So uh, um, sounded like a guy that was, had one foot out the door, to be honest <laughs> with you. Took a little shot at the media, didn't he? Yep. He, he said something along the lines of y'all, y'all made my job a little bit harder than it should have than it could have been or something like that. But, you know, Caleb Williams is sitting at the crib going, oh. Yeah, man, about to pull Eli Manning playing for the Bears. Yeah, <laughs> he might want to hire uh, Archie Manning to come in and get him out of that. You know, what I'm yeah. saying? just like they did Eli. But uh, yeah, Larry, you hit the nail on the head, my friend. He said, "I can't believe 18 weeks have passed. Seems like the season just started." We were talking about that a couple days ago, Larry. This season absolutely flew by. Yep. Um, it was a lot of fun, a lot of ups and downs. Uh, you know, I think if you went in with the right perspective of, hey, look, this is going to be kind of a year that we step back a touch and and evaluate what we got. We could go on a run. You know, we said six to ten wins. We finished at nine. Um, same amount of wins in 1992 when Brett took over at quarterback, right? Three more wins than Aaron had the, the first year he took over with a better receiving core. The more you dig into the Jordan Love stuff, um, you know, Mainly statistically, we've talked about the tape all year long. 
he early on he was late on the reads and he was inaccurate. Now he's perfectly on time with the reads and his accuracy has improved tremendously. I think he finished the year what 20 or whatever whatever it was 64.5 maybe 64.8%. At one point he was like 58% completion percentage. So just goes to show you man, um, we talked about early on accuracy is a hard thing to fix, you know. And typically you fix it with your mechanics. Jordan didn't fix it with his mechanics. <laughs> Jordan just got more accurate which is really cool because you've seen that case study for Josh Allen. He's the poster child for being an inaccurate passer. But, uh, yeah, there, there it was right there, 112.7 passer rating over the last eight games, had yeah. two touchdowns as well. Just phenomenal job down the stretch by Love. It, it, he Somebody else posted a, a screenshot of his record against NFC North this year, Tim. Bro, when it's a big game, Jordan Love plays better. And maybe oh, yeah. his, maybe mom and pops knew what they were doing, naming him Jordan, because there was another guy who yeah, had pretty clutch. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's funny we talked about those issues um, early in the year. We even talked about it during camp. We were seeing you know some throws during these uh, team drills and stuff, and you know I kind of equated it to it's like you know sighting in a new rifle. You know, it's not <laughs> it's going to take time, and the the more shots you take, and the more you're you're you know analyzing what you're doing you're going to hone it in and uh zero it out as they say right and uh that's what uh that's what jordan jordan is fully zeroed the locked in and um you know some of these throws were just i mean the one to read really comes to mind um he just dropped it in the bucket man i, I don't know if you uh heard lafleur's comments about that hey what was uh what was up with that play to to Jaden reed and uh, he said, oh, the Jaden wasn't in the progression on that one. That was just Jordan being Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like you talk about the chemistry between these guys on that offense. It's like Jordan just knew it, trusted it and just, you know, through that, you know, don't throw it where I am, throw it where I'm supposed to be. And it's like, here's a guy that's not even in the in the progression reads and Jordan knew where he was going to be. <laughs> just put it on him. Um, thing of beauty, man. I love I love to see it. I heard that too, and when, and we're actually going to break the play down here. I mean, I get the next gen, you know, overhead view of just just the numbers, just the players, no actual footage. Um, he, yeah, he technically wasn't in the progression. Obviously, he's in the play. He's running a wheel route from the wing position, coming out of bunch nasty X, and basically it would have been bunch next bunch nasty X, F quick to wing, and then you were, you ran essentially a strike concept. And you guys heard us talk about. The Bears play a ton of zone. They play – I, I want to get into it right now. As a matter of fact, we'll just go ahead and jump into it here in just a second. But they play a lot of zone. We said, how do you beat zone? You flood zone. You you put – you flood the zone with multiple options. You make them decide. You kind of get them into this little mini game of, all right, you, you're you going to sit in that hook zone. You're going to sit in that flat zone. We're going to put three options around you and make you decide and just read that out. That's where you come into a true progression play. It wasn't a pick-a-side play every target was on the left side of the field and running the strike concept, which is essentially one side of the field, deep shot, other side, crosser across, you're clearing out for the crosser. You had three options underneath and it was kind of, it was kind of uh, eye dressing, if you will, window dressing with Jaden Reed, quick motion to the F or quick motion to the wing and then running the wheel. Jordan just looked up and said, Oh, Look at there, they're in cover two. Let's just let's hammer that bunker real quick. Cause you know, you guys hear me talk about the bunkers in the base. 
Bo Melton was stretching the base. We'll talk about it in a second. Let me hit on Chad's uh, comment here. He said, did y'all see what Brisker said about our receivers after the game due to such a sore loser? I like what Aaron Jones said, referring back to that. So Mark Grote, who covers the Bears, I believe, said, Bears safety Jaquan Brisker. I felt like we have have tightened up on the. I felt like we could have tightened up on the receivers a lot more than we did today. We gave them too much room, and I really have no respect for them at all. Just to be honest, Aaron Jones quote tweeted it and said, "Is it his job to cover them?" <laughs> he said, "Should have been an easy day at work, right? If we don't got no no one over there." Laughing emojis. Rent was due today. That's what Aaron Jones said. <laughs> You love to see it. You love to see it. Jones at G Aaron Jones. I love it. And, and the Packers all week long were quiet and the bears brisker spouting off at the mouth. You remember that Keyshawn tweet we talked about, right? Yep. yep. All business, baby laying in the cut and just observing. I mean, the bears have been talking about this game for months. You know, they had other matchups that they were getting ready for and they, you know, rent free in their heads, man. And, uh, yep. I'm still, yeah, here we go. Right on time, DJ Moore. Yeah, I wonder what, what was special. What yeah. did you have? Those those three phenomenal field goals that y'all kicked? That was, yeah. that was pretty special. <laughs> so basically, Bears Talk tweeted this out, and this was before the game. DJ Moore insists the Bears are ready for their matchup against the Packers. Quote, we're going to have something special for them. <laughs> so I just tweeted out and said, I mean, they did technically have something special. They scored nine points. That That is something, right? That's something, of course, <laughs> but I would say it's special too. It's rare that a team only scores nine points in the NFL, but um, yeah, Chad Inc., appreciate you bringing that up, buddy. Good to see you in here this morning. Appreciate everybody in the chat, man. It's popping in here on this Victory Monday. Hope you, hopefully, y'all got your diesel in cup ready to go. I know we've got a we got a diesel over. You got your diesel, Tim. You good to go, man? I'm already I'm almost my- out of coffee, man. Might have yeah. to go upstairs and grab a refill. I'm on my second cup, too. I got up. Uh, it was a little bit rough to get up. We set the show back 10 minutes. I went, you know what? Let me just give myself 10 more minutes here. I got into the – we celebrated last night. We'll just put it that way. That's why the voice yeah. is a little weak, too. So Look at look at Cheesehead Murph in the chat. It's special. Special teams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Love it, love it Murph. Yeah. Let's see. Carly Ray says, the analytics may say that running backs don't matter at a play-by-play level, but on a game and team level, we know that Jones is the match to our offense's fire. It's true, man. It's so true. And last night, it kind of felt like there was times, if we had been losing, I think people would have complained we didn't stick with Jones even more because, you know, we had he, he finished with over 20 carries. It's like, what else do you expect? But it was like we just kept dipping back into the pass. And Matt LaFleur brung his A game, bro. He was oh – this God. dude, the last eight games – has been on his game and you've seen him raise the, he's elevated the, the, the coaching of the rest of the staff. In my opinion, Joe Barry specifically, he really set the tone. He he got Joe Barry's back. I don't know if you guys seen Preston Smith's comment bragging on Joe Barry again. Um, I, I should have pulled that tweet as a matter of fact, because he was really going to bat for Joe Barry. We have seen this the last two years and it's just, you, you get one or two stinkers and everybody goes into an uproar. Let's put it this way. If if social media didn't exist, there's probably no one talking about firing Joe Barry, right? There's no one in that building that's going, man, Joe Barry's the problem here. The coaches, they they put they try to put all that aside and go, okay, what is the tape showing? And when you look at the tape, you're seeing bad execution. We've talked about that all year long. Believe me, I got torched for it on social media. But you're seeing now 
when people play within the scheme, right, when they're playing schematically sound, you know, the sky's the freaking limit for the defense. And look at who they're doing it with, too. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, imagine if you get – let's play devil's advocate for just a second, okay? And this isn't the not Goody. I think Goody, uh, he's done an excellent job. I mean, again, you – you guys know I've been critical of Goody. I'm going to say that every time I talk about Goody because I don't want to be those, one of those guys going, oh, yeah, I t- told you Goody's great. Like, I'm not going to be that guy. But imagine if he went out and gotten Jesse Bates somehow, some way. You kick the can down the road with some of the, the voidable years, and you got Jesse Bates, who is arguably the best safety in the league right now. Imagine what this defense would look like with a Jesse Bates playing safety. That's what you've got the opportunity to do this offseason, especially once the David Bakhtiari contract is either cleared or adjusted, all of those things. Uh, another Aaron Jones, $17 million against the cap. That's going to come down to at least 13. They'll do something there, whether he's on the roster, and I hope he's on the roster. I see them adjusting that to at least a $13 million cap hit. That's just me personally. Um, so if they do all that and you can somehow, some way, go out there and get a top 10 safety or find one in the draft, Tim, this defense, I'm telling you, man, it, it the reason – it's funny, everybody made it sound like they're just – they're literally the bottom three in the league. And when you ask them what metric, what metric, it's always DVOA. It's always DVOA. When you look at the points allowed and the situational aspect of how you're calling the defense and the red zone defense, what was the other thing, too? There was a stat last night on the broadcast. I almost wrote it down. I wish I had. They were number two in the league in some kind of stat. It was like a specific category, maybe opening drives or something like that, where they were like number two, the number two defense in the league. It was another one of those just interesting scenarios, situational football that really, really matters. Uh, And that's where I feel like you can't, you just can't put it on the play column, man. You can't. But we've been so good too, you know, in these situations where when we have coughed up turnovers, I mean, I'm trying to think of a time that it's really hurt us. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you know, Jordan had the the fluke fumble, you know, the, the helmet hits the ball. It is what it is. And you're thinking, oh, crap, here we go. And then defense just comes out and it's like, nope, nope, it's not going to hurt us. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we we see games all the time across this league where you turn that ball over, you know, if you're minus one, minus two, you're you're not winning the game. And it's like, Time and time again, we've seen the Packers lose the turnover differential and still win the game. And it's just right. like you. That's good coaching. Yeah, it's good coaching, you know, and it, and the same thing we talked about with our defense, too. You know, it, it, at times it is tough to watch. You know, we even saw it last night a little bit. You know, you know, the Bears kind of kind of moving the ball, kind of getting into our territory. And you're like, oh, crap. And then it's like the D just tightens up the closer we get to the goal line. And it's bend, like, but don't break. Exactly. And it's like, I, man, it's just the future is bright. Put it this way. You know, it really is. And uh, it's nice to see um, the mainstream narrative have to scramble and change and talk about what a great turnaround it's been. And, <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, shout out to all of us out there that, you know, never doubted this team, man. You know, we've had ups and downs. Um, it hasn't all been pretty, but here we are at the end of the season, you know, finishing over 500 (laughs) feels pretty good. And we got, we got us some playoff football boys and girls. Yep. 
We sure do. Ryan Jennings, thank you for the super chat, buddy. So Bears had, quote, special teams ready for us. Yeah. Appreciate you, Ryan. Thanks for the super chat. Another super chat, Michael uh, Anklum. I think I'm saying that correct. I apologize if I got it wrong. Thank you so much. That's a generous donation. We appreciate you. Said, love discovering you guys this year. Here's to the playoffs. We did it, ladies and gentlemen. Hope to hear from you guys in the offseason with the uh, the praying emoji. Michael, we kind of discovered ourselves this year too, man. Um, we didn't know how this thing was going to go. Uh, been doing the podcast now for this is the second full year and it, I really just stumbled into it. Um, my wife pushed me into it because it's something that she's heard me talk about for a while. And uh, when we went on YouTube, I didn't know how this was going to go. I expected to be us to be that YouTube channel with three people watching. And it's like, you know what? It's a way to record the audio for the podcast. If three people show up, then great. And uh, things are really blown up, man. We're uh, we'll be at 3000 subscribers here real soon. It has very little to do with us and a, a whole lot to do with the listeners and the viewers because you guys create this whole community in the chat. And we're very good about being respectful. And if someone's not respectful, we're getting them out of here. We're here to talk about what happened in the game and do it in a respectful way. We've got other pack or other fans of other teams that will drop in here that we're playing, and they're welcome too to yep. have a respectful conversation. Um, they can come in here and root for their team. That's cool. And we'll do a little trash talking back. By the way, last night, Destiny, who commented on the show, right, did the super chat. Mm -hmm. um, I went downstairs, slid the door open, and she's sitting on the couch with Mandy. I was like, what are you doing here? So she super <laughs> from the couch downstairs. I didn't even know she was there. <laughs> so that was a cool surprise. But I said, uh, she said, man, she went, they were mean to me in the chat. And I went, what did they say? And she went, well, it wasn't too bad. But they were just saying, get that Cowboys fan out of here. That's how right. A little bit it. of friendly, a little bit of friendly ribbon. That's okay. That's like you said, Clay, right? As long as it's respectful, we're we're all good. Definitely, definitely. So it hit me sitting on the couch last night, you know, with a little Woodford. I'm like, dang, we are we're playing, we're playing the Cowboys next week. All right. So we we kind of got excited about that. She's a big Cowboys fan, their whole family is. So good stuff there. But Michael, you, thank you uh, that, buddy. We appreciate you, man. Go ahead, Tim. Oh, sorry, Clay. Yeah. Um, did you see uh Mike McCarthy's brief comment? He was asked about uh the matchup coming up with the Packers and he now what he said he basically said he wasn't too familiar with us you know so <laughs> is, is that what he said <laughs> well like this year meaning like you know it's we oh, haven't had a matchup you know like so and I'm sitting here hearing that and I'm sitting I'm, and I'm like this you know <laughs> I'm like okay yeah have fun in the film room Mike because uh there's a lot you there who, you don't know who you're gonna get when we come down there um I'll tell you this though uh, Maddie LaFleur and, and Joe Barry better be in their bag again because it's going to take another performance like this uh, to run with the Cowboys. And, and you'd be a fool to uh, not respect what they're doing down there in Dallas. So um, it's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting week here prepping for uh, playoff football. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Carly, I'm trying to find your comment that you had earlier. Uh, yeah, I can't I don't see it. You can give me a timestamp maybe. Or if you don't care, maybe top it back out again. It's something about the defense. I definitely will hit on it there. Uh, the chat the chat gets out of control quick. But, Michael, thank you for the super chat, buddy. And, yes, to answer your question, we'll be here all offseason. We're going to continue to do two shows a day. Um, we might, we'll might we probably get to the point where we go back to one show a day because I don't want to just get on here and talk just to talk. I want to make sure you guys have substance to the content. But, um, yeah, we'll be here all offseason. We're not going anywhere for sure. As a matter of fact, we – I've got some ideas. I've been brainstorming. We may have more content for you guys moving forward in, in the form of different shows, but we'll uh, 
we'll we'll continue to get creative with that. But thank you, Michael, for supporting us, buddy. We appreciate you. Um, let's see here. Look at this. Everybody trying to get me in trouble. Gregory says Clayton needs to try some driftless Glen Bourbon from Wisconsin. Hey, yeah, uh, I'm I am not a heavy drinker. Okay, special occasions I'll have a sip or two. Uh, addiction runs in my family, so I've got to be really, really, really careful with it. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, what I do like to do, whether it's coffee or bourbons and things like that, is gather stuff from all over the country. So I need to get me uh, maybe just a small, we'll, small we'll, sample of that. We'll get you a bottle. Cool. That's that's my step pops right there, Greg. Oh, is <laughs> so, it really? What's up, yeah, Greg? We, we got a bottle for Christmas, um, nice. and I'm I'm happy to say that there's like none left of it. So <laughs> good, good stuff for sure. If you like bourbon, um, not not all good bourbon has to come from Kentucky. So um, oh no, dude, there's 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 great bourbon all over the place. There's no oh doubt yeah about that. yeah the driftless blend really good stuff. I will tick people off with this comment though. Uh, a lot of people talked up old-fashioned to me i gotta say it guys i don't like an old-fashioned am you, i the only I like, old-fashioned or brandy old-fashioned I, I think it was it's probably brandy old-fashioned it, it was might be why when i was in wisconsin i tried it at like three different spots just make me an old-fashioned the wisconsin way so whatever that is i didn't even ask what alcohol was in it but it wasn't a sweet big thing or, sweet or sour too that's the other which way you're going yeah it wasn't sour it had an orange oh. in it i know that okay okay <laughs> All right, here we go. I found that comment from Carly Ray. She said, these last two games where the defense performed well, were there any schematic adjustments made in game by Joe Barry? Was there any point where the scheme wasn't working and adjustments made quickly? I think that stuff gets overblown, Carly, and this this may not be the answer you're looking for, but it's the first thing that comes to mind for me. I, I can't tell you one time this year or the last five years where I was watching a game and went, man, they're getting burnt because of this. Wow, what an adjustment. I think that's overblown. Um, I think there are slight things that happen in the game where it's, you you know, depending on how the game flows out, you go, okay, you know, right here, let's just go ahead and go to man coverage. Or right here, let's let's stick with zone, right? We, we run a combination of all of these things. We talked about the analytics all year long. Um, there wasn't anything last night where I went, wow, great adjustment. There just wasn't. What I did see at times, I seen man coverage. And guys were all over, I mean, all over their man, plastered on their guy. I've seen zone blitzing where the, the blitz just looked aggressive, but it looked under control. You know, there's it's one thing to just to blitz from a sense of we're just going all out blitzing. I don't care about the rush lane. I don't care about, you know, whether the quarterback can scramble. Everyone looked like they played under control. The old Mike Wall quote, right? How you arrive at confrontation determines how you handle confrontation. Everyone looked like they played under control. The one negative I did have early, and again, it's it's basically been a microcosm of the season, uh, was uh, with our boy Wyatt. He missed a sack early on, and that that led to a first down. Matter of fact, I think that was a third, second or a third down play. And it's just like he is a beast at getting pressure on the quarterback, but he just arrives there reckless. And it, 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 yes, a pressure is better than no pressure. But if you're going to pressure a quarterback into a void where there's no defender and you can't seal up the tackle. I'm expecting his tackle grade to be a little lower, although there was a couple times in the game he made great plays in the running game. And you just burst, you see his athletic ability, you see the upside. Um, got one of the best pass rushes in the league game. There's no two ways about it. It's just, can we play under control in those tight situations? You've seen uh, on one read option, granted, the secondary flowed really nice to the ball and limited the damage. 
but you've seen on a play where uh, Lucas Van Ness got, got pulled up in the read option. He didn't stand his ground. He broke on the running back. Justin took it for like six, I believe. So that's just another example of, you know, you got to gotta play within the scheme. I'm eager to see the grades. I wouldn't be surprised if everybody on the defense grades out absolutely awesome. I wouldn't be surprised if people were going, how did we hold them to nine points when we got these low of grades? Because there were a couple of times where we, we, uh, we made some big mistakes. The Rashawn Gary penalty. Tim, you pointed it out last night. I think it was spot on. I think Romo was right. The left tackle moved. They ended up calling uh, offsides on Gary, um, you know, encroachment or what have you. If the left tackle moves at all, it's false start. The play's over, right? Yep. Now, if in the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. If Gary had been over top of the left tackle and he jumped early and forced the left tackle to move, then that's on Gary for encroachment. He's on the opposite side of the line. So the fact that he jumped and then the left tackle moved is like that should be on a left tackle if he's not over top of him you can't call it that way right so um and i I don't even know if it was encroachment i think it might have just been off sides everything's kind of a blur but anyway hopefully that answered your question carly that's kind of how i see it i seen it i didn't i didn't look up and go wow they made a huge adjustment even in the last few games to me it it seemed like they stuck to the game plan and it kind of goes with what joe barry and and i think more specifically what matt lafleur likes is Bend but don't break. Keep everything in front of you. You know, uh, I know people don't like that when it doesn't work, but it worked last night, right? Well, that's definitely the formula to beat that that Bears offense. Absolutely, they're sure. going to make a mistake eventually. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she said, "Thanks, Clayton. Those are some really good, interesting points. I'm excited to look into it more and more. Absolutely. Same here. We'll uh, we'll dive into the tape a little later. Let's do this. Let's kind of we've been leaning on the chat here. Appreciate you guys. I'll keep an eye on it too for the supers and all that good stuff." But let's kind of get into what we were going to talk about here. We're 25 minutes in, but this is uh, this is what's awesome about a victory Monday for sure. Just a couple screen grabs. Thought this was cool. Uh, Packers put this out, coach and QB. Um, these guys are going to be attached at the hip, just like McCarthy and, and Rodgers were, uh, just like uh, Favre and Holmgren, Holmgren were. It's just so cool to see it go into a new era. We're going to have Jordan. If things continue the way they're going right now, you're gonna you're looking at Jordan. He's what 25 years old probably 10 years, a decade of this, you know, up to the age of 35. And you're going to see his game evolve as he gets into his 30s and he's going to be less less mobile. I love that he's just – he's not leaning on the athletic ability, man. 
he's just sitting back there throwing darts. And I love everybody drawing up the comparisons to Favre and recoiling when he throws to avoid contact, uh, the arm strength to do that. It's just wild that his accuracy's improved. And you you should be able to look at it and go, mechanically, here's what he was doing wrong. You notice nobody's done that yet this year. Every year it's like, here's why his accuracy improved. Look at his base. Look at his mechanics. With Jordan, everybody's going, it still looks like he's playing basketball out there, fading away, you know, and his accuracy's getting better. It's arm talent. It's what Greg Cosell was talking about the other day when we played that clip, uh, for sure. This one right here is cool. Rashawn Gary in the locker room with that victory sig. I mean, <laughs> God, ain't nobody else. You, you hear Jair, what Jair said after the game? <laughs> what he said? He said, the locker room smelled like a casino in here. <laughs> Does he not feel like the old Jai now? Like, oh, I think, I, hey, look. There's no snide comments. There's no, you know what I mean? Like, to me, he seems like. He's on he's track. Still, he's still he's still him. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. We got the we got the uh Strap City celebration walking into the tunnel last night with the fans. You know, Ja is um you know, I I think that might have been with the suspension and everything and we talked you know, they talked about the productive conversation that they had. I'm willing to bet it, it went along the lines of something like, "Hey, nobody's nobody here is trying to tell you not to be yourself." We're yeah. just trying to stress that, you know, we need to be pros when it comes to this stuff. And we we all need to be bought in and on the same page. And I, I do. I think it was a a, a moment of um, that just humbled them a little bit. And, um, you know, yeah. Jaws never going to be short on confidence or swagger. So I think we're just seeing that refined um, version of Jair as he uh, really comes into his own as a veteran, you know, mm-hmm. on this team and in this league. So, uh Happy to see where we go from here, but yeah, man, it was uh, yeah, exactly. Doug had it right. He had Ja was wearing his cigar in his in his headband. <laughs> he said, man, it smells like a casino in here. <laughs> I wish I'd grab that because I, I bet Ja's never smoked anything in his life. He just seems like one of those holistic type guys. You know, I love the picture. Somebody posted a picture as soon as uh, Jaden Reed had that big that big game there. I can't remember which which game it was in the game. Obviously, he had a tremendous game, but they posted that picture of. John the mat doing yoga and he's looking at a goat and the little baby goats in his face. And it said, uh, you find somebody who looks at you the way Ja looks at uh, Jaden Reed. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, it was the best, but yeah, Ja with it in the headband was hilarious for sure. Um, Just, it's just fun, man. This team needs this, man. They've been ragged on all year long at some point or another. It was fire. This guy cut that guy, trade that guy all season long. So it's good to see it happen. Let's talk about wild card weekend real quick, okay? Super wild card weekend, we should say. So, the Saturday matchup, Brown at Browns at the Texans, that's a 4:30 kickoff. Then you got the Dolphins at the Chiefs at 8 o'clock. Sunday, the early game, 1 o'clock window, Steelers at the Bills. That'd be a fun one, good cold weather game. Chiefs might be cold weather too. That's that's good stuff. Then in the 4:30 window, we got Packers at the Cowboys. And here's what this write up says. This is from uh trying to think of where I got this from. I think it was CBS maybe. It says, this will be a revenge game for Mike McCarthy. Uh, This will mark just the second time that the Cowboys coach has faced the Packers since being fired by them in December of 2018. McCarthy lost the first meeting in 2022 and will be looking to get his first win over Green Bay. If you guys remember, we talk about coordinator versus coordinator, right? Um, And uh, as it sits right now, their defense really hasn't changed. Their offense has changed a touch. You know, obviously, Kellen Moore is no longer their OC. So that's going to be a little bit different matchup. It's actually going to be McCarthy versus Joe Barry as opposed to Kellen Moore versus Joe Barry. You're going to see them 
try to play a little more uh, a little more sound situational football rather than just trying to score points as hey we're trying to win the game. McCarthy was very vocal about that in the offseason and people gave him hell over it. But as far as the defense side, it's still Dan Campbell. Last time I think we won in overtime and I think we scored over 30 points. So just keep that in mind. Um, and and that was with Aaron Rodgers who had struggled, right? Um, that season. That was also Christian Watson's coming out party. So keep that in mind if Christian is healthy for that game. But uh, I just love the fact that the wide receiver room is so deep, and I really do. But the other game there, 8 o'clock on Sunday, Rams at the Lions uh, with uh, our boy Matt Stafford going back to Detroit. That will be a cool matchup, a cool storyline. And then Monday night, Eagles at the Bucks. I'm so glad they did this. you got two games on Saturday, three on Sunday, and one on Monday. Three nights, three days, I should say, days and nights of playoff football next week is just going to be absolutely phenomenal. Uh, just your early take on this matchup, like you said, Tim, I know you kind of talked about McCarthy and, and all that. Cowboys, Packers, what's the first thing that comes to mind? First thing that comes to mind is I'm, I'm sure league-wide nobody nobody thinks we have a chance, you know. And, and you look at, you know, statistically wild cards and stuff like that, one and done, right? We're going to hear a lot of that talk. Uh, congratulations to Green Bay for a great season making the playoffs, but – Okay, we all, you know, the money's going to be on Dallas. Everyone's going to predict oh, it's going to be heavy a Dallas, a Dallas victory. And uh, I just hope these players um, ignore all that nonsense and realize that uh, the game's played in between the lines on the field, not not on paper, uh, and not amongst us talking heads. And uh, I hope this young team realizes that they've earned this, and uh, they've got a chance to go in there and wreck that game and and ruin their season. And uh, keep the dream alive. You know, you can say what you want. We're four wins away from a Super Bowl, guys. So, you know, it's anybody in, in regardless of what kind of year anyone has had, I mean, we watched the Patriots go undefeated, get all the way to the dance and lose. So like you're, you're what you did this year, you know, it may sound cold, but it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't because here we are, it's playoff football time. Uh, The only thing that matters is this matchup Sunday. So, you know, I, I really hope that uh, the guys give themselves a chance to go out here and win this game and and not act like they're just supposed to be happy to be there because that's that's not what this is about. They've earned it. And, uh, you know, we need to uh, respect our opponent and not underestimate our opponent, our, our opponent, but also not not lay down and act like we're just supposed to we're supposed to lose. You know, I, I hope we go out there and give them hell and uh, steal a win down in Dallas. Hey, like you said, playing with the house is money, though. Carly Ray says, and I think Dallas is undefeated at home this season. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's accurate, too, Carly. Uh, Doug said, I'm not sure our offense isn't better in a dome, uh, what we always said about prior teams. If I remember correctly, Doug, we have played really, really well indoors this year. Um, well, think of Minnesota. Love mm-hmm. absolutely towards the Vikings. Think of Detroit on Thanksgiving. Absolutely towards the Lions. We're pretty good indoors. And – one of the questions I had about Jordan Love was how's he going to play in the cold, right? We got the first sample of it last night as by the end of the game, it was in the 20s, I believe. Lights out, arguably his best game of his career. So uh, just awesome, man, to see to see everything moving forward here. But, yeah, Doug, I think, uh, I think we played pretty good in the dome, if I remember correctly, this year. So appreciate you guys in the chat. Let's do this. We got us a playoff video that was dropped by the – by Packers.com on their Twitter uh, handle there, you know, obviously at Packers, um, their YouTube channel. Go give it a like. Go give it a share, all that good stuff. This video right here is just straight to the point. It's the best radio broadcast team in the entire NFL, Larry McCarron and Wayne Larrabee. 
And just the way they put this together, Tim, it's phenomenal. Let's check it out. Love throws the save. Dobbs leaping yeah. grab left to the end zone. Touchdown! That is the most resilient performance I've ever seen in my life. Ah! You guys continue to show up every day. Keep battling, keep chopping, keep fighting. You know what it feels like. You know what it looks like. That's the standard. And you know what's scary? You're starting to believe. Yes! And intercepted on the play. We came with a purpose tonight. There is your dagger. We got everything in front of us. Let's keep putting that work in. The challenge each other to get better. Do it now. All these leaves. Nine, two, three. One, two, three. Hey. God, I love it, man. Injected it. in my veins. I love it. If that doesn't get you fired up, you woods wet, man. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, man. Unbelievable. Uh, let's go to the locker room now. We got footage from the locker room last night. Matt LaFleur having to be censored several times. Rashawn Gary about gave him a uh, gave him whiplash. This is just – this is awesome to see, man. To see this team and how they've got this coaching staff's back through this whole crappy season as far as how they were treated, how they were dogged, fire everybody, the whole nine yards. Let's check it out again. Here's the locker room immediately following the game. You can find this on Packers Twitter, Packers YouTube. It's all over the place. Everybody's been sharing it. Here we go. Keep pushing each other to be great. Because I'm going to get this season. 
They ain't see us here, baby. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guess what we did about the party? Yeah. 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 Pack on three, pack on three. One, two, three. Pack. Hey, the Packers social media team has taken a lot of hell this year. We got to tip our cap. They have upped their game. Like oh, yeah. this second half of the season, they put together some. I know people dogged on the Minnesota preview. I loved it with the Viking horn. We got a copyright for it because evidently they used a song that was called uh, From the North or something like that. So it had kind of that Vikings theme. Even that one I thought was phenomenal. I thought they've just done a heck of a job. Heck of a job. Um, another thing from the locker room, check this out. I got to make sure it's muted because they're playing copyright music. But this was your backup quarterback, Sean Clifford. Matt LaFleur says Sean Clifford's a gamer. Everyone who talked about Sean Clifford coming in, he's played more football. Think about this. He's played more football than Jordan Love. That's how long he was in college. Just an absolute gamer at the college level. He beat out Will Levis, right, who was a borderline first-round pick for the for the starting quarterback at Penn State. It's like, okay, what do they love about this guy? I'm going to show you what they love about him. Look at this shot from the locker room. <laughs> who is it? Is that, is, that uh, is that the third-string quarterback? Is that Mr. Magoo in the in it the might be. <laughs> Yeah, that's Magoo. Yeah, Alex Magoo. Yep. God, I love it, dude. You love to see it, man. I love you our love quarterback it. room. I I swear. I hope they don't draft another one. I hope we yeah. stick with the formula. Yeah. Yep. And it's something we got to talk about because if a if a good quarterback falls, they're going to take him because it's just that valuable of a position, right? Um, but yeah, Sean Clifford, you could tell. Going into the season, we talked about you need someone to carry that clipboard, right? Someone who's going to be the personal assistant to the starting quarterback. Everybody's had it. Favre had Doug Peterson, right? Uh, Aaron had a multitude of them. Matt Flynn for a little bit, right, was was kind of his personal assistant, if you will. Matt Flynn was reminds me a lot of – or Sean Clifford reminds me a lot of Matt Flynn, just kind of that player that had success in college, had a lot of experience in college. I think Matt Flynn actually won a national championship but you need that personal assistant, right? And that's why Rodgers would get aggravated when they would get rid of that backup quarterback because it's like, that's my guy. I need him in here. People don't look at the backup quarterback that way. They look at it like, oh, they're competing and trying to take their job. When you've got an established quarterback, QB1, it's a totally different dynamic. Um, with Sean Clifford coming in, I was a little bit critical going, man, I would rather get a more proven backup quarterback that can help Jordan Love be a better football player. Matt Ryan came to mind. I wasn't one saying you got to go get Matt Ryan. There's an offset clause with the NFL, whether you're in the media or anything, when it comes to the salary. So that was going to make things real tricky to bring in like a Matt Ryan. What I overlooked with Sean Clifford when they drafted him was all the experience he had. I would I would be comfortable saying Sean Clifford has probably seen more defensive looks than Jordan Love. That's what's wild. Now, does he have the talent of Jordan Love? No, not the arm talent, the natural you know ability. Uh, but it's just cool to see that aspect when I seen him pushing that hamper around, I was like, boy, Sean Clifford is, is completely bought into his role on this team. And you could tell they love that dude for sure. Um, Absolutely. Check this out. Jen Wright got all the, got all the tea. She said, Sean Clifford just got engaged too. love, love him too. That's cool. I didn't know he just got engaged. That's awesome. People going, does that matter? It does. Does, you know, I, it's amazing how there's a certain the the toxic side of the fan base is like I don't care about none of that stuff. You got to come and do your job, and you got as if they're a coach in the room, right? Right. Um, these players are people too, and uh, I think it's important to kind of cover it that way. But we had Coach Lafleur, 
talking to Larry McCarron outside of the locker room. I haven't even heard this. It's the first time I've heard this one. But let's see what Coach LaFleur had to say to The Rock. Like I said, Larry McCarron, former center for the Packers, played in the 80s, just an absolute stud on the mock, too. Let's see what they had to say. Shannon, that's right. The head coach of the Green Bay Packers, the victorious Green Bay Packers, joins us now. Matt, congratulations. What's the feeling right now? What was the locker room like? Oh, it was, uh, they're, they're excited. Uh, certainly, you know, well-deserved. Our guys have continued to stick together and battle through some adversity. And, um, you know, it was a, a great atmosphere tonight, a great win, obviously, the, the rivalry in itself. Uh, certainly made it a little bit more difficult than we would have liked to. Had a couple of miscues that really could have cost us, um, most notably the one at the end of the half, not coming away with any points there. Um, but I thought all in all, just a complete game by, by really all three phases. Let's begin at the beginning. The guy that has been front and center this whole period of getting better and better and better, Jordan Love, couple touchdown passes, a quarterback rating of 128 plus, another outstanding night for young Jordan Love. Yeah, he just continues to do it. And, uh, you know, he's got guys out there that are making plays for him, which always helps. I think our offensive line is doing an outstanding job in pass protection. There's not too many times he's getting, you know, um, you know, pressured, and which is a lot easier on a quarterback. But the times that there are, he seems to find a way out of it. So uh, he is playing outstanding football. He's definitely established himself I think in this league for years to come and he'll continue to grind and, and put in the work because that's what's going to take to stay there. 111 yards rushing for Aaron Jones. Did he run with heart and desire or what tonight? And that's that's the number one rushing defense in the league I'm told. Yeah um, we knew they're they're, they're a good defense. Uh, I think they've done an outstanding job but you can see the improvements they, that they've made. Uh, but, you know, I think the story of the game was our ability to hold the ball and, and control the game uh, on offense. I mean, it was crazy that we only had 17 points and didn't punt one time. I know we had the, the costly turnover and obviously the, the uh, gaffe at the end of the half, but I thought all in all our offense kind of controlled the game. Once again, your young receivers came to play. Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, Bo Melton, all making big plays for you. Yeah, all those guys, uh, some some critical plays, um, you know, taking hits, catching the football, and they, they've shown so much growth throughout the course of the season. Uh, you know, they just got they got great poise. They love to compete and they push each other to get better. What do you think of your defensive effort tonight? I think anytime you hold somebody to under ten points, that's a pretty solid effort. So our defense obviously did a great job keeping them out of the end zone. We had some timely sacks that really. Uh, you know, hurt Chicago's opportunities to to score points, whether it's kicking field goals or whatever. And so I thought, um, all in all, that's that was pretty good defense. Seventy-five yards allowed when it comes to the running game for the Bears. I mean, that's a team that wants to run the ball and runs it pretty well. Yeah, I thought. I mean, our defense played great. We played outstanding. Uh, played physical, a physical brand. You could see that on the first play of the game, um, all the way through. So. That was a playoff-type atmosphere, a playoff-type game, and uh, hopefully that will you know, serve us well moving forward. Now, you being the head coach of the Green Bay Packers who have qualified for the playoffs, do you know anything about the playoffs? Does the <laughs> league office get in touch with you? Uh, we don't know anything right now. Uh, hopefully, sooner or later, we'll, we'll know. I, I do know that we're, we're going to play Dallas against a, um, an outstanding football team, and 
one that uh, you know we haven't seen this year, but uh, you know just some of the crossover tape. I think it's obviously a very well coached team with a lot of superstars. Two and five to nine and eight in a spot in the playoffs. You just have to be awfully proud of everybody involved, the guys, your coaching staff, yourself, yeah. for, for just this once, yeah. which <laughs> you can be proud of yourself. No, it's, yeah, it's a credit to everybody, just kind of sticking together. There were some rough moments, obviously, um, you know, early in the season where things weren't just clicking very well, um, and, but we weathered the storm, and that's, that's life in the National Football League. I think you see the competitive balance across the board is unlike any other league and uh, you just gotta you gotta be resilient you gotta keep swinging and that's what our guys have done you gotta keep swinging and you gotta not give up on each other and that's the first thing that that we as fans collectively will do it's all right well we this isn't working we gotta move on and the coaching staff is looking at the front office going just give us a chance here let us try to put this together let us let us rot the ship the front office kind of pulled the plug a little early with Rasul and, you know, I think it did hurt the locker room. I think it makes the team weaker. But at the same time, maybe it did put this team on notice a little bit, Tim, you know. And uh, I think it upset Ja to the point where he's just like, I'm going to tip this thing to the <laughs> to the brink and obviously gets the suspension. But all in all, man, they came out a lot better. Anything you want to add there to what Coach LaFleur said? Yeah, just, uh, well, Larry McCarron with the absolute great technique, able to hold two microphones with the wonky pinker pinky finger and you know just able to really execute so shout out to the rock for uh being the you know total pro that he really is um but no in all seriousness yeah i think um i think coach lafleur's got a lot to be proud of and he he talks about the adversity that really everyone faced and you're right that you know the tendency is when things are going wrong um you want to cut and run or you want to pull the plug and you want to start start something different or look elsewhere and uh, I think Coach LaFleur and this staff has done a good job of teaching us all that when uh, when you face adversity, you know, you can look everywhere else, but really where you should be looking is right at yourself and looking deep down inside and digging and finding a way to fight through it. And uh, like you told the boys yesterday, when you, when you go through stuff like that and you come out on the other side, you know, victorious like that, that's that's what builds champions. That's what builds character. Uh, in this league and really in anything. So um, I think it's just hats off. We talked about a lot of the, uh, you know, we we talked about concerns this year with position coaches and uh, developmental coaches versus, um, you know, technical coaches versus, you know, getting the best out of these players. And um, I I think this is a testament to this staff banding together. A lot of times you'll see there'll be a rift or a skiff in a staff when you, when you struggle and you get a lot of finger pointing. And uh, we haven't seen that. We've seen these guys really just gel together. And uh, it's the reason why we're uh, playing playoff football here in Green Bay. So, um, you know, hats off to Matt LaFleur and that staff. Certainly certainly, the locker room doesn't look lost to me. Um, I think you're right. I think the Rasul trade, um, as much as we questioned it and uh, still not a big fan of it, it certainly did something. You it know, it certainly, it certainly told these guys that, hey, you know, maybe that's what it was. It's like, man, if Rasul can get traded, any one of us guys could be could be out of here. So, um, you know, and you got two ways to 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 go at that point. You can, you know, tuck your tail between your legs and cower, or you can uh, step up and um, take it to the next level as a team. And that's what these guys have done. 
um, especially with our secondary. Um, you know, that was evident last night, man, that that secondary was playing as a unit. Um, and it's you love to see it, man. So uh, just proud of the proud of the job Matt LaFleur's done and uh, the way this team's played here down the stretch. It's uh, it's going to be a nice ride here in the playoffs for sure. I'll tell you who else has stepped up. That's BetUS, the official sports book of Packers Total Access Live. We appreciate them supporting the stream, supporting the show. If you guys want to support the show in a different way, it costs $0 to do. If you click on the link in this description, that'll send you directly to BetUS, where you can register for free as a customer. And by doing that, it lets BetUS know that we sent you to them, okay? And uh, if you want to put a deposit in there and put a little action on the game, I would highly recommend it because uh, it is a cool interface. It's one that I've completely switched to. I won't say who I was using before, but now I'm completely on board with BetUS with them partnering up with us. We appreciate them sponsoring the show. You know, we mentioned, Tim, going in this game, the Packers started off as three-point favorites. Of course, uh, the green line had it at the same mark. And when you went to BetUS, you could actually get the Packers at – it started at minus three, and then it shifted to minus two and a half. Now, you guys know I don't give any kind of advice on gambling. And, and like we always say, don't you dare bet one dime that you can't afford to lose – Make sure you gamble responsibly. One of the things that I try to do every week is go, hmm, this prop bet, this proposition right here, this kind of catches my eye. You know, last week we were on Green Bay. Uh, I think they were whatever they were, plus one, whatever it was, going into Minnesota, uh, wherever the line ended. This week we were looking at it and going, okay, the line has moved from now three to two and a half with the Packers, right, minus two and a half in that regard being favorite. So it's moving towards Chicago, but the thing that caught my eye was the over-under. I looked at the over-under sitting at 46 points there on BetUS, the last mark that we had. I also checked in on – look at the far right column, talking about the over-unders on the teams, the alternate over-unders, right? And when you look at those, I was going, I really like the unders here. When you look at that under, I like the under on the 46, and I also like the under on the team. If you had read the tea leaves and what I was saying, because I'm never going to go, guys, put money on this. I'm not going to be that guy. I was kind of hinting towards that. I took the under on both teams. Okay, the under 20 and a half for the Bears, the under 23 and a half for the Packers hit on both those bets. So just to kind of give you an idea of how they've got a multitude of options at BetUS. Again, they've been in business now for 30 years, uh, been in business since 1994 as America's favorite sports book, the official sports book of Packers Total Access Live. We appreciate them supporting us. Let's move on to a little X's and O's, Tim, a little preview to Chalk Talk. You want to do that, man? Let's go, man. Before we do. I want to get to this in the chat. Jen Wright said, did anyone hear anything about Dobbs spitting up blood equals not good? Um, you know, I immediately went, okay, who was the source? Who was the first person to tweet it out? It was actually John Kuhn who tweeted it out. So I think it was legit. Uh, Doug said, there's a few people. Uh, we'll get back to that one in a minute. I apologize. Um, Paul Robertson said, we were speculating if Dobbs was hit in the mouth or bit his tongue. It sounded to me like the original tweet which John Kuhn quote tweeted someone else, it sounded really confident that it was him spitting up blood. So you don't want to speculate too much, but we definitely want to mention that's something that's serious, obviously. Uh, let's see, Nick McSwain says, the Packers are the only team to hold the Bears under 10 points all season. Nick, go go tweet that out, brother. Go tweet that out. Just let people hear about that on the, on the old Twitter bird because they, they found a thousand excuses to run Joe Barry through the – through the freaking mud, and it's just a—it's just amazing. Some you look at some of the stats, inconsistent, absolutely, but they've done some some pretty remarkable things this year too. Jen Wright says, "So humble, love Matt Lafleur." 
yeah, he, he definitely leads with that humble approach. Nick McSwain, LaFleur will never take credit for a win. Talk about a class act. Completely agree. And then uh, Ron went back to the injury, said, I thought bruised lung, possibly when I looked at the replay. It was a pretty pretty hard hit. I do remember seeing that hit too, Ron. We'll see how that plays out. Here's another one back to Joe Barry. Doug said, there's a few people doing a Homer Simpson back it into the Ivy on prior uh, FJB comments too. I bet they are, man. Again, winning fixes everything. Remember that poll. Don't forget that poll where that group of Packer fans, what did they say? That they would rather lose out and miss the playoffs to fire Joe Barry than to win out, keep Joe Barry, and end the season on a positive note and, like I said, a playoff bird is just mind-boggling. Yeah. Cardboard Packer fans. <laughs> it's just wild, man. To think that that was a real thing. If somebody, if I hadn't seen it and somebody said, I heard rumors, and I go, ah, it's probably just rumors. When I seen that poll, and not only did you see that, <coughs> oh, that's, probably, that's probably people being trolls. No, you go to the comments of that poll, and they were backing it up. There's, I guarantee you there was many, many, many people that deleted tweets over the last, at least the last 12 hours. So, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just wild how quickly things turn. Tim said, I've had enough of this. I'm out of here. He'll be back in a minute, I'm sure. We're going to get into some X's and O's talk now. Let's see the chat here. Paul Robertson said, Joe Barry has entered the chat. <laughs> there you go. And let's see, number one Packer fan. I have to eat some of my Joe Barry words even though I still don't think he is the D.C. of the future. But as I've said before, if you could find anyone better, uh, then if you can't find anyone better, then keep him, I think is what he's saying there. I think there are better options out there, number one Packer fan. So uh, I'm all about improving the room. I just I just couldn't stand the uh, the slander, man. The, you know, if you see it, you got to say it. When you look at the tape, I didn't look at the tape and go, man, this coordinator doesn't know what he's calling here. You looked at the tape and went, this is bad execution. So maybe more along the training, the coaching is where the issue is more than the X's and O's in the scheme. But let's talk X's and O's for just a second before we get out of here. I wanted to hit on these real quick. Um, this I thought was really cool. This is the play. I'm going to drop the ticker down for just a second. These are a couple of the next-gen plays that we're going to hit. Next-gen stats does this thing where they've got GPS tracking on the players, and this is really cool. So this came in the second quarter, okay, 725 left. This is a third and one play. This is the touchdown to Dontavian Wicks. Some people were referring to this as the drift concept. I don't really consider it the drift concept unless they are rolling to the right. That's just me personally. I could be wrong on that. But essentially what you came out here was a nasty 12 look, right? You came out in a nasty 12 two-by-two look. And this is – we're talking about the Wicks touchdown here, Tim, just so you know. So – they come out in the nasty 12 look, and you'll notice there's a little bit of quick motion. You notice the dotted line there behind Tucker Craft, okay? And I'm going to roll it through a few times. So he's going to go kind of quick. He's playing what we call U, and Ben Sims is playing Y here, okay? You'll see the attached tight end on the right. That's Ben Sims, number 89. And really what I would have called this play is, uh, is nasty doubles, right? Quick to wing, U quick wing, okay? So he's going to quick. The ball's going to be snapped. He's technically going to be at the wing. They're in an ace set. 12 look, one running back, two tight ends. And what you're going to see is a double crosser, okay, what we call double climb. And it's it's really – it's a deep mesh play in my opinion. As we roll it here, I'm going to play it back and forth a couple of times. I want you to kind of see how it starts off here, okay. Snap. I'm pretty sure it was play action. If not, you get kind of the same effect. You'll see 49 slide over. You notice it's man now because look at number nine following 85, following Tucker Craft. So now you know it's man. You know it's cover one man. You'll see 29 pick up bow. 53 jumps out, 
and look at that threading the needle to Wicks, right? Again, let's watch it again. Watch the double crosser, kind of a mesh look. You get the safety to commit. All Jordan Love is reading right here is what's number four doing? What is the safety doing here? And you see he stays on the opposite side with Bo Melton, so he goes to Wicks. The other thing I want you to notice here, look at the separation. This is man coverage. Look at number 13. Look at that separation. That's what we're talking about with Dontavian Wicks. This is GPS tracking, okay? So this shows you just how far he separated. When people talk about the GPS tracking, they're talking about next-gen stats and the and the, the yardage of separation that receivers are creating. This is what we're talking about with Tay Wicks. This is Devontae-level top stuff, entry-level Devontae, Devontae Adams top stuff, okay? So look at that separation. Again, a little late on the throw. You'd like to see him throw it out there sooner, but nonetheless still threaded the needle. Great catch. Another thing I want you to look at when we're talking about Matt LaFleur being in his bag, watch Ben Sims. Why? Staying in the block, staying in the block. Look at 89, blocking, blocking, release. Look how open he is. Butt naked through the trailer park. Yep. There were so many options right here for Jordan Love. Look at 89. 32's trying to bounce back and, and, and take him, or not 32, but 29 tries to hammer down. He realizes, oh, crap, we got a leak underneath. Him and four. It was actually four that broke off. But you had two guys wide open for a touchdown there. Great play call by Matt LaFleur. Again, to me, that was 12 nasty. You quick to wing, double cross, right? You've got you flat, and then you've got Y leak. And notice how you're just attacking all over the field. 13's open, 89's open. Look at another thing, too. Look at all the attention that Tucker Craft draws. He's got two guys on him in a man coverage play. Just yeah. wilding them. Tucker Craft, the Tucker Craft effect is real, Tim. Anything you want to hit him on there with that specific play? Uh, no, I think you're right. Um, you know, looking at this, it's like you'd like that ball out just a little sooner, but I do think Jordan was just really, you know, like you said, keyholing on on that safety and making sure that I don't let this go too soon and get it jumped for a pick. Um, but yeah, man, great play design. And Wicks is just phenomenal. I mean, you're talking probably within a second, I'd say a second or less from the ball being snapped. I mean, he's got his man beat. It's just yeah. instantly off the ball. You're beat already. Boom. Roasted. I love it. And look at Jordan Love. Focus on number 10 this time. He never stops going backwards, guys. Yep. This is a fadeaway shot. Look at this. <laughs> and he dropped that ball in the bucket, man. Oh, I mean, a little late. Throw. It was perfect. Absolutely perfect, man. Yeah. Just a really, really fun play to kind of see it happen from a GPS standpoint. Let me uh, check the chat. Okay, we're good there. Let's move on to the other play. Okay, again, some people call this drift. I wouldn't refer to it drift unless he was rolling right. To me, it was more of a, a mesh concept, like a deep mesh, a double crosser look. Like I said, you've got the – the you uh, you quick to wing attack the flat high low read good to go hit number thirteen and then you got the Y leak so we'll hit that on chalk talk I'm sure but just wanted to kind of give you guys the next gen version all right let's move on to the next one this is a good one too really enjoyed this one let me pause it real quick let's set the stage here this is the Jaden Reed play I'm pretty sure this is is this the one that Matt Lafleur was talking about uh, Tim where you hit the deep whatever it was fifty six yarder to Jaden Reed in the fourth quarter. Do you think that's the one he was talking about when he said he wasn't a part of the progression? Or was that a is different this the is this the wheel? This is the wheel, yeah. Yeah, I think this is the one he was talking about. So here we and go. And maybe Matt misspoke. Maybe he was just saying like Reed was later in the progression or something. You know, you know what I mean? Like I can't I can't yeah, think right. that he, he wasn't in the progression. I just think that 
maybe that wasn't the first look, but Jordan must have saw something. Yeah, and I'll show you what he's seen right here. We came out in Bunch Nasty X, so it was 11-gun, Bunch, Bunch Nasty X, Strong Right, T-Week, okay? And you'll see you got the quick pre-snap motion. The quick motion, you see the dotted line. We went from Bunch Nasty X with Jaden Reed playing flyer, okay? So we would call this 11-gun, Bunch Nasty X, F quick to wing. So two, two spe uh, specific plays here, back-to-back -back that we're showing you, where they went quick motion to wing. And what that means is you're in between the guard and the tackle in the backfield, but you're not deep as deep as the quarterback. You're playing kind of that wing look, all right? So Bunch Nasty X, F quick to wing. And if you look at the play, this is essentially what you call strike, okay? this That's a very generalization of the play call. You would call this a strike concept. This is what Shane Waldron uses really well in Seattle. He did last year to get that franchise turned around. So with the strike concept, on one side of the ball, you've got a deep shot, and on the other side, you've got a crosser going underneath. The deep shot clears out. The crosser comes underneath. Notice how there are no options on the right side of the field. That's by design. And the reason being is they know that Chicago is playing heavy zone. So if they're playing heavy zone, how do you attack zone? You flood those zones. So you can see the routes that they're trying to attack. They're trying to attack underneath. They've got three options underneath flooding the zone. This is just kind of a short, quick, dark game. You're playing the strike concept, so you've got a couple home run hits. If you want to hit the seam to 80, Bo Melton, you got it. If you want to hit the crosser to Wicks, number 13, you may have it. And you've got multiple options underneath. OK, but that quick motion is going to be a wheel route, essentially, from the wing. So when the ball is snapped, Jaden Reed is going to go like he's running, not really a flat. It's more of a shoot. It's kind of a hybrid of a flat and a shoot route. He's going to go straight to the sideline and then up the sideline for the wheel route. OK, so that's kind of the motion there. It's a switch concept because he and Bo are changing places, essentially, post snap. So Bo's going to attack the seam. you got three options underneath. Now, if you're playing cover three, you're going to attack underneath because you're flooding that zone. If you've got three guys deep, I want you to imagine number 29 in the white on the left side is covering deep third, number nine is covering deep seam, and number four has backside responsibility deep third. Imagine if that's the play call. You would hammer underneath here and hit, to the, hit the open guy. This isn't pick a side. This is true progression, okay? But when the ball snapped, what they realized real quick here, Tim, on this first and 10 play, they're playing cover two. So as yep. soon as you realize number 29 is playing cover two, it means number nine and number four have to split deep, okay? They're playing deep halves. So how do you attack cover two zone? Three ways. you got two bunkers, a bunker on each side. Some pros refer to it as the hole shot. It's over top of the corner, underneath the safety. Or you can attack the base, which is down the seam. The base is a wider target, an easier target to hit in cover two, but you've got to determine are they in Tampa two or are they in regular cover two. Last week, we busted the base open with cover two or with Tampa two. Even though they were playing Tampa, Jordan threaded the needle. You guys remember in Minnesota, down the seam to Jaden Reed. We broke that down on Chalk Talk. This is traditional cover two. As we watch this play unfold, I want you to look where Jaden Reed ends up on the wheel. He ends up in the bunker. No options on the right side of the field. There's This isn't pick a side. This is true progression. Jordan's going to look up and go one, two, three, and get rid of the ball. And I think this is what Matt was talking about. Just I haven't heard his comments, but other people have said the same thing you said, Tim. I think he said, the hell with the progressions. I know they're in cover two. We're middle field open here. I'm going to hit the whole shot to Jaden Reed. When the game's on the line, Fourth quarter, 12 minutes, 57 seconds left. 
when the game's on the line, think player, not play. Who's your best receiver right now? It's Jaden Reed. So let's roll the tape here and show you guys from a GPS standpoint. Look how quick he gets out there. See the whole shot? Bang. And it's over. That looks like cover two zone to me. Let's see if it might be man. It's not man. It's definitely zone. See, look at 31 and 6 over there, just kind of hanging out by themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Flooding the zone. Now, let's pause it right here. Imagine if it's cover 3 and 29 bells. Look at the options underneath. Forget Jaden Reed. Forget deep for a minute. Forget Bo Melton down the seam. Focus on 13, 85, and 33. Focus on Tay Wicks. This is how they're attacking at three different levels, and they're flooding this zone. Tay Wicks over the top with the crosser. Then you've got uh, uh, 85 Tucker Craft underneath in the flat, the shoot. And then you've got a little uh, – it's almost like an angle route, but between the tackles from Aaron Jones attacking mid. So imagine if 29 bells, right, immediately off the gate, and he's not in that spot right there. If that's the case, look how you would attack underneath. 53 becomes the conflict defender, and you pick your poison. You say, okay, do I hit hammer uh, underneath number 49 to Tay? Do I hit 33 on the little mini angle route underneath between the tackles, or do I hit the flat? 53 becomes the conflict. You probably go to 33 there if it's cover three. But they read it's cover two. That's why 29 is trailing on number 11. And, Jordan, this is what we're talking about. He may get a minus grade on this, believe it or not, because he didn't throw, he didn't go through the progression, right? But he just looks up and goes, Oh, he's cooked. I'm going to Jaden. Yep. <laughs> and yep. look at Jaden with the ball in his hand, bro. I think they said he hit 20.6 miles per hour on this play. And did you hear what he said? He said, he Oh, said? I felt I felt slow on that play because <laughs> and I'm mad that I didn't score. That's what he said. Yeah. 26 miles an hour this guy's running. And he's like, Yeah, it was slow. <laughs> yeah. And again, when you, the other thing too, talk about off, plat, off platform. Look at Jordan Love rolling to his left. Yep. And an absolute dime. No hesitation. He knows where he's going with the football. So again, if we had to label that play, Tim, I would say, but it, it'd be gun eleven, bunch nasty X, F quick to wing, and you're going strike. They may have just one word for it. I would call this, you know, I'd probably use a numerical system where I would go strike. You might go XZ strike, letting you know, okay, they're the ones running the two, you know, strike left concept here. And then, of course, you would go uh, Y flat. You would go 33 leak is probably what you would call it with the the little mini angle. And, of course, that crosser with the strike concept kind of open everything up. But man, what a fun play. I'm excited to see that one on Chalk Talk and actually get you guys the game footage. Just watch it roll one more time. Jaden Reed, like he was shot out of a freaking cannon, man. 29 had no chance right there. And look at Bo Melton. Head, though. Yeah. You hit it on the head. That was Jordan. As soon as Reed came around that corner, he knew it. Like, yeah, right boom, there. roasted. I'm letting it go. Just let it see it, trust it, throw it. And, yeah. and, you know, we weren't seeing that early in the season. We were seeing another ball pat and another hitch, all of that crap. Not, not yesterday. Right on yeah. the money, right on time. It's a first and ten play. If this falls incomplete, we're going. Why are we? Yep. Why are we not running the ball? <laughs> but when you hit a home run, it's great call, Matt Lafleur. Right. Yep. The best time to throw is on first down. I have a love hate relationship with throwing on first down, as you guys have. You, are well you and aware. me both, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so thought we'd do just like I said, a little mini chalk talk. I seen that come across the board. I want to give a special shout out to Rob Demosky for sharing that on Twitter. He's been sharing a lot of next-gen stats stuff all year long. The GPS stuff is really cool. It really is. So, um, All right, Tim, we're at the hour nine-minute mark, bro. You ready to wrap this thing up? 
Oh, sure. All right, what do you got for me? You want me to stop talking? I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) What else you got? Let's wrap this thing up. Um, Just excited, man. Another victory Monday. You got to love it. And um, I think, you know, we all, uh, I'm sure the players are are, uh, have as close to an off day as possible, whatever that means, uh, being an NFL player, whatever an off day is. I'm sure that's, you know, workout, training, film room, that kind of thing. So, um, and then tomorrow, man, it's it's back to business. You know, you, you got to take the time to enjoy this win. Um, capped off an incredible ride. Uh, what a great season um, from this Packers team uh, to fight fight through the adversity that they did just to get to this point. Um, but now it's all, like I said earlier, all this, well, we're, we're just happy to be here in the playoff. Yeah, F that. Let's, let's put, our, put our heads where they need to be, which is focused on the Dallas Cowboys and what we can do to go down there and get another win. You know, it's a, it's a whole new ball game right now. The playoffs are a whole different monster. Um, and regardless of the outcome, we all know the most important thing is we're not on hard knocks. And uh, we are on the ticker <laughs> and we are, um, you know, a young, young team here that's going to get some playoff experience. Um, I personally believe we've been in the playoffs for the last three weeks already. Um, but I think this is uh, this is the real deal. OK, wild card weekend going down to a hostile environment there in Dallas. Um, this is going to be huge as far as uh, character building and experience for these young players. But. I, I can't say it enough, man. I hope these guys aren't deer in headlights, man. That you know, it's great to be happy to be there, man. But you guys are pros. You deserve it. You earned it. Let's go in there and give Dallas hell, you know, for sixty minutes, man. So um, I'm just uh, really excited, man. Looking forward to playoff football uh, on Sunday. We got another game to get ready for. So um, I hope the boys enjoy uh, Victory Monday and uh, get back to work, man. It's time to grind. It's going to be a lot of fun, man. See how it unfolds. Again, underdogs, us against the world, going in, uh, playing with the house's money for sure. Doug Pointer says, any injuries worth noting? Uh, We'll hit on that a little later in the week. I try to wait till Wednesday, Doug, because everything is speculation. You know, once Wednesday drops, you get a really good picture. So what we try to do is use Monday and Tuesday, recapping the game, getting chalk talk ready. Wednesday hits, you'll get a little bit of injury news. Thursday, the injury news really cranks up. We get a little update from Paul Brettel. And then Friday, we're on to the next team, really deep diving on what they do. I think we hit this one on the head this week. Not that we put a successful game plan together, us as a podcast, but just really breaking down what the Bears do. I mean, there's still people running victory like, oh, they were going to stop us. They held us to 17 points. Let's not pretend like we dropped a 30-burger, right? This defense is pretty solid for the Chicago Bears. And their offense, too, man, has gotten – has gotten better through the year. So I think it's just a – I think it's a huge, huge win, man. And I really do. Derek K in the chat says, uh, Clayton, hit me with a little bit of that John Deere green. John Deere green. On a hot summer night, hero Billy Bob loves Charlene. I'm going to hit you with one more thing here as we go out the door. Appreciate y'all hanging out with us. Hit that like button for us as, before y'all leave so other Packer fans can find this content. But we're going to play that playoff video one more time from Packers.com from their Twitter page. It's just absolutely awesome. We'll end it with that, and we'll just abruptly end the stream. So for those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world, and go Pack Go. Love throws to Dave Dobbs, leaping grab left to the end zone. Touchdown! That is the 
most resilient performance I've ever seen in my life. Ah! You guys continue to show up every day. To the house for the touchdown. Keep battling, keep chopping, keep fighting. You know what it feels like. You know what it looks like. That's the standard. And you know what's scary? You're starting to believe. Yes, and intercepted on the play. We came with a purpose tonight. There is your dagger. We got everything in front of us. Let's keep putting that work in. Let's challenge each other to get better. Do it now. All these leaves. He's not going to be. One, two, three. Hey.